a lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Allie Klebus. And I'm Cressy Cornis. And today we are talking about Olivia Rodrigo. Yes, the newest main pop girly to hit the scene and who has blown everyone away with Sour and has a friendship slash admiration of Taylor. I feel like Allie... Olivia could be a listener of GFA. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she is our audience. Like, knowing how big of a fan she is, she has to have at least listened to, like, one Taylor-related podcast before. <laughs> I just watched a video on YouTube of the word association game where, like, you know, the interviewer gives Olivia Rodrigo a word and she has to, like, sing a song that uses that word. And I would say the majority were Taylor songs, which I feel like is, like, what I would do if I was in that position. Oh, same. Yeah, like, in terms of songs that I listen to over and over and over again, it's only Taylor, which is the ones that are going to pop up. I think she would blow us away in Gamer Girls. Oh, my God, she probably would. Olivia, if you're listening, we are formally inviting you for a round of Gamer Girls. That is Gamer Girls with a Z, if you are not familiar with the segment. Just let us know. I feel like you get more and more ballsy with who you think we can get on here as guests. Oh, they never, they don't respond. They never come on. But you know what? (laughs) It's fun to laugh. It is. But that being said, Olivia really has taken this brand new decade by storm. Like, she is the moment right now. And, like, I feel like she's defining pretty much how the rest of this decade is going to go, like, music-wise. Yeah, let's talk about uh, our personal opinions on Olivia and Sour. Yeah. What do you think about Sour, Allie? I am obsessed with it. It's pretty much the only thing I listen to right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like when I drive, um, I've recently picked up a new gig as a DoorDash driver. (laughs) Okay. 
I don't know. Rich if I girl. That. Maybe I'll edit that out. <laughs> I've recently been doing that when I have time on my hands and I only listen to Olivia. And occasionally I feel like it could get me some extra points. But I will say what I mean by that is I've been driving a lot and I mostly just mm-hmm. play this album over and over and over and over again. I can't even lie. And it's so easy to play over and over because it's like 30 something minutes long. Yeah. So you can just, within like one car ride, you could listen to it twice. Oh, yeah. Because it's, yeah, 11 songs long. And some of the songs are kind of short. Like the first one, Brutal, I feel like it's like over in a blink. But I do love that song. I think that one might be my favorite. But I didn't actually love a lot of the songs right at first. And now I love them. Like, you know, when you first listen to Good For You or Brutal or any of those, even though those are those are like my favorite now, I felt like the first time I listened to them, they sounded really abrasive. You know, like I was like, ow, mm-hmm. my ear. I've been listening to Evermore and Folklore all year. Like, I, can't, I don't know like what this sound is. Yeah. And then now I love it. It is the moment. It's like bringing back all those old like girl punk rock trends and it's bringing it into this decade. And I can't get enough now. And I think it's just relatable on a level, sorry to single out men here, but I think it's relatable to women, so especially at any age, brutal is what I mean Mm -hmm. specifically, just how fucking annoying it is to be a woman. (laughs) I don't know if anyone here listening follows me on Twitter, I know Allie does, but I have just been pissed lately, (laughs) just like angry at men. Angry that I don't like walking places alone at night. Yeah. Angry that uh, Allie and I can't walk the five minutes to Pont City Market without getting honked yeah. at like 15 times. That was crazy. Just like how uncomfortable it is to be like in our own skin. And I feel like Brutal really portrays that in yeah. such an angsty, angry way that makes me go, why aren't we mad all the time? Yeah. And... Wouldn't they be so disappointed? Because who am I if not exploited? I love that line. Yes. Like that's, oh my God. That honestly gets me fired up. It's just like what we need. I know. <laughs> like we're past the point in the pandemic of like kind of being somber and sad. Now I think we're all just angry. Yeah. So this came at a great time. Because I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. At too. men. <laughs> I'm pissed at my day. I, like, I'm just, I don't know. It doesn't take much. Maybe it's just because I have been listening to this on, you know, repeat. Maybe I'm pissed that I have to be a DoorDash driver because I'm an adult and have bills to pay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I just listen to Brutal over and over again. Yeah. It's like escapism. Yeah. I literally, I was surprised so like I said the first time I listened to good for you and brutal like I feel like those are the most angry of her songs I really like how it kind of kept us on our toes though because when you listen to driver's license and then you listen to deja vu they're more ballads in a way I mean kind you know more mm-hmm. softer they're softer than the you know brutal and good for you so it was really interesting, you know, like, because everyone kind of had their thoughts of how it, the album would have sounded. And then she came out just like totally punk, you know? Yeah. And I really want to mention how she has explicit songs because everyone's relating her to Taylor. And I think it's like 
very interesting that on her debut album, she has these explicit songs, even though she was a Disney darling, you know? Like, yeah. She she still is a Disney darling. That is she true. She has uh, two more years on her contract with Disney. Yeah. So it's interesting because I've seen other reports. I think I literally was watching something on TikTok about Sabrina Carpenter and like why her music career is where hers is versus Olivia versus other Disney people. And there was something about how certain Disney starlets like will take the track of really being with Disney for their first album. For instance, Miley Cyrus, very Mm -hmm. heavily Disney at that time, whereas others like won't go the Disney route. And for Olivia, it really paid off. You know, but like for mm-hmm. other people, like Sabrina Carpenter, who I won't say like like her career's not flopping or anything, like for sure not. Like she's very successful and she has like other different projects. But like it's interesting. It was a risk for Olivia to break away from Disney in that way. And I think everyone loves it. I haven't seen anything critical of it. <laughs> the only criticism I've seen related to it is criticizing millennials for being like not allowing themselves to like it without saying it's something that we've talked about Ali it's yeah. like I don't like Taylor Swift but I love folklore yeah or like people who like try to justify it it's like I'm a millennial but I love Olivia Rodrigo so I've seen a lot of like tweets that's like shut up like you yeah. can like things like who cares no one cares how old you are like yeah. that's like the only criticism I've seen about it and that's about the listeners so that's interesting that's pretty good you're more in tune with like the Twitter sphere I feel like more than I am because I just don't check Twitter that regularly I feel like I'm more in tune with the TikTok sphere where I feel like TikTok as a whole has just collectively decided to love Olivia Rodrigo Mm -hmm. because first driver's license was viral, then Deja Vu was viral, then Good For You went viral. I just feel like everyone just decided all these songs, instant bangers, and they are all bangers. But I have, from your point of view, from what you're saying from those tweets, I have seen some like millennial twists on some of her songs. Like people have made like brutal but from a millennial's point of view and it's like I think I hate that I don't know like it was something like and I can't even call my doctor without calling my mom or like something like that like in the Olivia Rodrigo voice some millennials are 40 years old I know we're all we're just cuspers (laughs) me more so than you a 96 curse I forged the way for Gen Z I'm going to align myself with Gen Z, I think. (laughs) Join us. You can be an elderly Gen Z like me, but you just... I've mentioned this on a previous episode. So if any listeners are not sure if you are Gen Z or millennial, it is genuinely agreed that it's based on if you remember 9-11 or not. I completely forgot about you saying that until now. Mm -hmm. And now I'm upset because I do remember 9-11. So I guess I am a millennial. Yeah, and there are people my age you remember it too i just like happened to like be right at that point where i i don't remember it yeah so we're like really at the brink between the two generations but you know what conversations about generations i'm tired of it let's march forward and talk about olivia and who she is and her background and what brought her here today yeah absolutely so Olivia Isabel Rodrigo is 18 years old, and she was born on February 20th, 2003 in Temecula, California. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. 
Cressy, February 20th. What sign is she? Before I answer that, I do just have to butt in and let our listeners know that I am a fellow Olivia here (laughs) in the presence. Um, My middle name is Olivia and my family calls me by that. So it's really weird for me to hear Allie say the word Olivia and for me to say it out loud because I don't know any Olivia's in real life. So if you hear me say that word weirdly, it's because it is. So, <laughs> and your initials are cock. Yes, K O K, Cressy Olivia Cornus. And I answered to either. So, if, if you're a weirdo and you don't like the name Cressy, I will answer to Olivia. I feel like you need to um, use that as like a like comeback when someone says that your initials are cock. Like, say it like, well, that's A O K. I should be like, that's K O K. That's K O K. That sounds like a a serial slogan. Yeah. No. They're great. I'm KOK. <laughs> I really resonate with that humor, and I feel like that adds up. But... <laughs> but to answer your question, Allie, Olivia is a Pisces, okay. and her bio is even spicy Pisces. Oh, oh my God. We should have known that. I think Which I is... saw that the other day, and I was like, wow, that's clever. Which is hilarious. Spicy Pisces. There's a lot of, um, what's it called when it's not a rhyme, but the middle of the word rhymes? Isn't it like assonance or something? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like one of those. You're an English major. Yeah, I, no poetry on this end. <laughs> I, think I can't like, do it. I think it's like assonance or reson. I don't know. Something like that. Anyways. So why don't we go over the positive and negative traits of Pisces and see if it adds up with our sweet Olivia. Okay. We're ready. Uh, strengths? Compassionate, artistic, intuitive, gentle, wise, musical. Oh, yeah. Course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right on the nose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, weaknesses: fearful, overly trusting, sad. That's oh a God, pretty big trait to just give a group. Sad. No wonder uh, she put that as her bio. She is such a <laughs> desire to escape reality. Can be a victim or martyr. Okay. Okay. I think that I see it. I think that's just the whole album sour. Just I <laughs> think she is a spicy Pisces. All right, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. <laughs> she is also, in addition to being a spicy Pisces, she's also Filipino American on her dad's side. Her great grandfather moved to America from the Philippines when he was a teenager. Also, fun fact: Olivia is a speaker and panelist at the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media. Which I just... I don't, What's that? Uh, I don't know, but I remember it came up in my thesis. <laughs> I think it... <laughs> I think it's a renowned institute that just speaks out about um, how different genders, you know, are portrayed on screen or in music. And I think it's just... I don't know. I just thought that was cool. A little activist on her hands. Also, Olivia is an actress, and she's now, obviously, because we're here today, she's now (laughs) a renowned singer-songwriter due to her record-breaking song, Driver's License, and critically acclaimed album, Sour, which came out this year. Olivia is also currently signed with Interscope and Giffen Records. I don't know if I'm saying that right. She signed with them in 2020, and her debut song, Driver's License, was released in January 2021, and then obviously Sour was just released in May of 2021. So now we're here. But 
before we go on into more aspects of her career, Cressy, I'm just going to read some facts about Olivia from her Get to Know Me video on YouTube. That was... Okay. I was, like, looking if it was posted by Vogue or, like, Seventeen Magazine or, like, whoever. No, it was just on her own channel. We got a little boss babe on our hands. I love it. I love it. Love to see it. So this is probably before things, like, extremely took off for her. All right. Olivia's favorite thing to cook is cacio e pepe al dente. So we love a cultured queen. Very <laughs> Italian. Olivia's kitchen. Oh, <laughs> yes. Also, she said the best concert she's been to was Jack White at the Mayan, which I believe is a California venue. Um, I'm a little upset she didn't say Taylor. I don't know if she's been to a Taylor concert, but I would imagine she has. She's cultured, Allie. Okay, yeah. Jack White is We a... just praised her for being a cultured queen. Okay, she has true. lots of different tastes. Okay, I respect her different tastes. And Jack White is awesome. <laughs> Not saying anything against him. Mm-hmm. She says that she loves watching TikTok and follows a lot of therapists on TikTok, which I thought was interesting. I mean, TikTok can be used, like, in very positive ways. Yeah. And I feel like it really connects people, and I thought that was interesting. Wait, you guys, I have to announce something. I made a TikTok. Yes, and what's the name it's of it? at Cressy. <laughs> like a fucking baller. I know, that is. Come at me. Is your TikTok name just your first name? Didn't think so. It actually might be. If it is, let me know. We should start a girl gang or something. Well, you know what that reminds me of? The very famous, like, preppy blogger. I'm pretty sure her Instagram name is just Carly. I don't even know her last name, but I'm pretty sure it's just, like, at Carly. So you're on that Such level. a baller move. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm at Cressy. If you guys want to follow me, I have one whole video that I made today. I did some crafts. <laughs> you can uh, watch my video. They're not as artsy. They're more um, silly antics. But <laughs> And there's a reason why I'm learning how to do TikTok. Ali, should we share this now or wait till the very end? We might as well share it now. Yeah. We made a Good for a Weekend podcast TikTok. Woo! Things are coming. Look at us, cuspers. <laughs> yes. Blazing the path. <laughs> Um, I love that. But yeah, good things are on their way. Also, it's cool that you're known as only your first name. You're like on the same level as Beyonce at this point. Thank you. Ariana Grande talks about how she wants to go by Ariana and even she can't do that yet. So nope. Look at you go. Something Um, Ariana Grande is envious of me. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, if you guys want to follow us on TikTok, uh, it is good for a weekend podcast. Yes. We also will have a link to this in our socials. That's in the show notes and mm-hmm. also in our link tree, which is in all of our social media profiles. So you can find us. Yes. And we may or may not have a video up by the time this episode's out. To be determined. Yes. Again, I'm learning how to use the app. So <laughs> but it's going to it's gonna take a minute, but it's going to be good. But I'm if excited. You, if they follow us now, they'll be the first to know exclusive access <laughs> to our very first TikTok. Yeah, and we're going to have gamer girls where you can play with us. Yes. And duet with us. Yes. Did I say that correctly, Ellie? I, yes, yes. <laughs> we're going to have gamer girls on there. We're going to talk about theories. We're going to talk about the things that we can't fit into these episodes. We might even live stream while we record these. We have a lot of big things planned. So follow us if you're one of our younger listeners like if you're currently in high school maybe reach out to us and help us (laughs) yeah we're doing our best over here we're doing our best back to olivia rodrigo 
Do you want to guess what her favorite album is? Folklore, because I watched this video today, so. Yeah, no, it's uh, Folklore by Taylor Swift. So, love that. Represent. She said it completely changed how she looks at music and songwriting. She said that she would die for Taylor. I'm pretty sure this video came out before they met, which is kind of cute. Or at least, like, the interview happened before they Mm -hmm. met. Because, like, one of the last things she says is that she's obsessed with Taylor Swift and would die to meet her. And look at her now. She has. Um, she also said she wants to work with Jack Antonoff and wants to write a song with Taylor Swift. Me too. I would love to write a song with Taylor Swift. Um, she says that she never had a dog or cat in her life, but she had a pet snake named Stripes. She loves Shit's Creek. She says if she wasn't acting or singing, she thinks she would want to be doing something with makeup, which I think is very interesting since she sings in the song Enough For You. I wore makeup just so you would like me more. Well, she also did sing watching reruns of Glee, and she has said she's never seen an episode of Glee. Oh, so I didn't sometimes know that. she lies. Sometimes she lies. That's just creative freedom that comes with songwriting. Yep. And then in addition to Taylor Swift, her other music inspirations are Halsey, Gracie Abrams, Jack White, and Lord. So Okay. Good group. All very cool. But let's move on to her acting career. So Olivia Rodrigo's acting debut was in 2015 in the American Girl movie Grace Stirs Up Success. Before that, she was also in an Old Navy commercial. Allie, (laughs) what American Girl doll were you? Uh, I was Kit. (laughs) I like Samantha. Oh, I saw a TikTok the other day where it was like, if you like a certain American Girl doll, you're like this now. And I thought it was really (laughs) funny. I need to see it now that I'm on TikTok. I know. Yes. Look at you go. Just like Taylor, Olivia Rodrigo was also featured in an episode of New Girl. What? I know. Yeah. She played and I saw um, the clip today and I was like, oh my God, I remember that episode so vividly, but I did not What episode realize. is it? Um, it's something about like, it's when Jess is like the principal or trying to become the principal of her school, one or the other. Um, and Olivia's, like, one of the students that, like, Jess is talking to in order to, like, get the approval of the students at the school. Okay. One I'm going to have to check that out. I am a huge New Girl fan. In fact, right in front of me is a New Girl quote on my letterboard. Oh, yeah? Uh, Ma called, the bees are back. <laughs> That's my favorite quote from New Girl. Is that a Nick quote? No, it's from uh, the episode where uh, Schmidt is teaching just how to use dice like the tender basically yeah and he's like coming up with different excuses like it's like a montage of like him getting her out of bad dice states yeah and he just like comes up to her and he's like ma called the bees are back (laughs) she's like the bees are back and then it just cuts i love that (laughs) so funny (laughs) that's cute um in 2016 olivia was cast as the lead role in disney channel's original show bizarre bark um, and her name in the show was Paige Olvera. On the show, Olivia's character Paige makes comedic songs for an internet channel. To me, it kind of seems like the Disney Channel equivalent to iCarly. And the show okay. ended in 2019. So it lasted three years. And from articles I read, this was a little bit after my time. But um, from articles I read, it had mild success. So Okay. Which I remember. It's no iCarly, though. Yeah. iCarly's coming back. I know. I'm so excited. I recently rewatched all of iCarly, so yeah. I'm ready. I'm primed and ready. 
I remember there was such an evil, evil rumor that's like, I'm assuming is not true. I'm just going to go ahead and say it wasn't about Miranda Cosgrove, like being a prostitute at some point. Isn't that so fucked up? Yeah. Yeah. Not true. Not true. Yeah. (laughs) But I remember that being like a thing at some point that. I don't know. The dark web was probably spreading. I don't know. I'm not on the dark web, but you get what I mean. Like <laughs> the dark Reddit of the world. Yeah. But anyways, um, now she is currently, or I, I'm assuming they're making more seasons. Do you know? Okay. Uh, I know she has two more years of her contract up and it's assumed that it will continue. Okay. High School Musical, the musical. Yeah. So currently, she's like the most current role that she's in and will probably continue to be in is in the show High School Musical, the musical, the series. So in that show, Olivia plays Nini Salazar Roberts and it's on Disney Plus. She's pretty much the Gabrielle equivalent, you know, from the original movie. I mean, they, you know, obviously it's still a group of kids like putting on a musical, but in this series, they're putting on High School Musical in East High whatever. She's basically Gabriella. Mm-hmm. Um, in an interview with the New Yorker, Olivia says, Nini and I are very similar. She writes songs about boys and puts them on social media. And that's totally something that I do in my real life. I think that this is so interesting because I was a high school musical fiend growing up. Um, I loved High School Musical. I got High School Musical ornaments in my Shiloh Middle School production of High School Musical. I was the person who started it off by yelling, come on, Wildcats. Oh my gosh, no way. How did I not know this? I was like, I was seriously like a musical, high school musical fiend. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I screamed Wildcats loud and proud. Um, so I really actually watched this show. I haven't really watched the second season. I started to watch it when I was preparing for this episode, but I really dove in. And let me tell you, when this whole driver's license, like, drama started, because, let me just cut ahead, people really assume that her co-star, Joshua Passett, who plays the Troy Bolton equivalent pretty much in the series, his character's name is Ricky, they have, like, a similar storyline and, like, tumultuous relationship that kind of reflects what's seen in Driver's License and, like, what came after that. So when Driver's License first came out, I was pretty skeptical because I was like, is this just a ploy, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it was, like, very similar to me to the show. Basically, Nini, Olivia's character in this show, writes a song to Ricky, Joshua's character, and it basically proclaims her love for that for him because they're dating. And then he breaks up with her. So, like, the whole show is about, like, Ricky being this, like, guy who's, like, kind of unattainable. And, like, she's really mad. She's, like, the good girl. It was very similar to me to what the driver's license was showing. Um, I haven't seen the show yet. But my friend and upstairs neighbor... SP, shout out SP. She's a loyal listener of the show, even though she's not a big Taylor fan. So (laughs) shout out to SP. SP. She has been telling me forever that I need to watch this and she's obsessed with it and how talented all of the actors and actresses are. Yeah. And it's on my list. I'm going to get to it eventually, but it seems good. No, I mean, I I loved it. Like, I really dove in. I just hadn't really gone around to seeing season two. 
But they are love interests on the show who kind of go back and forth, you know, and then mm-hmm. things like that. Um, they also, Joshua and Olivia, wrote the song Just for a Moment, a duet. They actually wrote it and it appeared on in the show. In real life? Yeah. In real life, oh. Joshua Bassett and Olivia Rodrigo wrote the song Just for a Moment, which was shown on the show High School Musical, the musical, the series. Good for them. Yeah. Um, another song that was written by Olivia that's on the show is called All I Want, which is known as her, like, I mean, no one really calls it her debut single because that's Driver's License, but it did come out before Driver's License, and it's kind of known Mm -hmm. as the breakout song from the series, and she wrote that herself as well, which is interesting. But, um, since I've kind of already touched on this, so the song Driver's License is pretty, um... Widely accepted to be believed that it's about Joshua Bassett, mm-hmm. her co-star, who left Olivia for Sabrina Carpenter, who's another Disney darling from Girl Meets mm-hmm. World. Like, pretty much everyone has widely accepted that. And it seemed to be pretty much confirmed because of the songs that came out in response to Driver's License. Do you know about these songs, Cressy? Yes. Um, I think most of my knowledge, though, surrounding this little love triangle is from the SNL skit about it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know a lot, but I do know the very basics. So according to The New Yorker, Olivia and Joshua were actually in Utah together when like driver's license came out and all this pandemonium started because they were filming the second season of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Mm-hmm. Shortly after driver's license came out, which I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard the song. So I don't think I need to go into (laughs) what it's about. But basically, it's about Joshua leaving Olivia for Sabrina Carpenter is what the assumption is. Well, after Driver's License was released, Sabrina Carpenter released the song Skin, which includes the lyrics. You can try to get under my, under my, under my skin while he's on mine. Yeah, all in my, all in my, Ew. all in my skin. I know. Ew. I remember, I remember These are children. I know. Another Disney I mean, they're like, like what, like four years younger than us? They're not like kids, but still, I'm, I'm picturing kids. Sabrina Carpenter is probably pretty close to our age. Mm-hmm. And then Olivia is like 18. So yeah, way younger. But um, another line from Sabrina's song goes, Maybe we could have been friends. This is actually how the song starts. It starts. Maybe we could have been friends if I met you in another life. Maybe then we could pretend there's no gravity in the words we write. Maybe you didn't mean it. Maybe blonde was the only rhyme. The only rhyme. Mm. So it's like a pretty clear response. And I think this is why people pretty much take it as truth that it's about Joshua and Sabrina. Yeah. Because... Uh, Olivia does have that line in driver's license. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it like with that blonde girl? You're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt. She's everything. Who's so much older or something. Yeah. Yeah. She's so much older. She's everything I'm insecure about. Gotcha. Which is also interesting because they were both on Disney Channel original shows. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of Disney drama. Um, what's also interesting is Joshua Bassett also released his own song. I didn't know this until today. I've only ever heard about Sabrina's song. Joshua also released his own song following the release of Driver's License called Lie, Lie, Lie. And 
at one so I watched the whole music video today and at one point in the music video Joshua is seen in a car with a girl in extremely similar lighting to the driver's license music video like it's an obvious call out to the driver's oh. license video then later in the video he even like hangs out of the car just like Olivia does in the music video woof I gotta be honest the video really weirds me out it's like <laughs> it's like too much like, he's a good-looking guy, but, like, to me, it's, like, he's just trying to be this, like, sexy artist type, and to me, it's just uh-huh. not. Maybe it's just because I'm tainted by Olivia's lyrics to, like, mm-hmm. ever like him. But some of his lyrics in this song include, So they told me all the things that you said, running all over my name, oh, and you're acting oh so innocent, like I'm the only one to blame. You've been lying to yourself, lie to everyone else, only thinking about yourself, darling, what the hell. He then continues later in the song to sing, I kiss your ass goodbye, bye, bye, bye. I kiss your ass goodbye. Whoa. (laughs) Isn't this, like, so juicy? And these all came out pretty much, like, in a week of each other. I would love to know, like, what his label is, what his label is like. Like, do you think they encourage this? Like, we need to capitalize on the success of Driver's License. You should come up with a response song. Or maybe he really wanted to himself. That's something I would be really interested to know, but I don't think we could ever learn that. This kind of added to, like, my point of view of, like, potentially a ploy, you know? hmm Because, I don't know, I mean, I guess people can write songs pretty quickly. Like, I remember Thank You Next by Ariana Grande was produced pretty, like, rapidly mm-hmm. and things like that, and people release it. And they're going to try and capitalize on the moment of driver's license because of how popular that was. But the fact that, like... All three of them, Olivia Rodrigo, Sabrina Carpenter, and Joshua Bassett, all three Disney stars, Mm -hmm. all three released a song very close together. Like, they all just, like, had this in their back pocket. Like, I I just feel like it could be a ploy. I don't know. Well, and the feelings could be real. Yeah. You should point out you don't make money from taking the high road. Yeah. See the entire Reputation album. True, true. You know, uh, an emotional response makes money. And if they're all under Disney contract, I don't know if Sabrina still is, it's possible, but if Olivia and Joshua are still under Disney contract, it's possible if Olivia wrote the song Driver's License and, like, you know, someone in Disney knew about it, because I'm sure Disney had to know something about it, maybe then, like, they're like, oh, wow, here's this song, let's capitalize it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. what you said, like, it could be real feelings. And then maybe they, like, kind of had a head start to, like, have these response songs. But I think it's very smart uh, from a business perspective. Yeah, and this makes me think back to how we were like, they just don't make drama like they did in the Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, (laughs) Selena Gomez days. Like, maybe this is, like, them, like, stirring it up. Yeah, we're starting to see it happening again. Yeah, I, I don't know. Interestingly enough, beyond that whole love triangle, Olivia was also previously romantically linked with her Bizarre Bark co-star, Ethan Wacker. But they're on good terms, and Ethan even promoted driver's license when it came out, saying it was freaking amazing. (laughs) Okay. But let's move on to the actual album at hand, Sour. Yeah, let's, let's do like a quick, quick little deep dive on this beautiful little album this 30 minute album because i feel like 
it has us um by our scalps like yeah like we just like everyone is invested in it so i'm so excited to talk about this let's get into it so olivia's debut album sour was released on may 21st 2021 before the release of sour she also released two additional singles for the album following driver's license including deja vu and good for you I'm going to go ahead and just read something from the Wall Street Journal so we can get an idea of what the stats are. I feel like everyone just accepts that, like, Olivia has been breaking records, but I hadn't actually looked at the numbers or anything. So I'm going to let the Wall Street Journal summarize this for us. Okay. Allie with the hard-hitting journalism. Love to see it. Oh, yes. Wall Street Journal says, quote, Olivia Rodrigo has stormed the charts, hitting number one with huge streaming numbers for an album that clinches her status as one of music's biggest new stars. The Disney actress and pop singer-songwriter's debut album, Sour, tops the latest Billboard 200 chart, generating the equivalent of 295000 in U.S. sales in the week ended May 27th. It is the biggest week for a debut charting album since late 2014 when Billboard began including streaming in its flagship album sales chart, the magazine said. Much of the 18-year-old artist's units came from her album's massive 301 million first-week U.S. streams, according to MRC Data, formerly known as Nielsen Music. That is the second biggest streaming week ever for an album by a woman, second only to Ariana Grande's 307 million first week streams for Thank You Next in 2019. The rest of Miss Rodrigo's units came from traditional sales. Miss Rodrigo's number one debut is the biggest week for an album so far this year, beating Taylor Swift's re-recorded 2008 album Fearless, Taylor's version, which moved 291,000 units in its opening week. Sour, which Miss Rodrigo released on May 21st, features Driver's License, the year's biggest hit, with roughly 800 million streams on Spotify alone, and Good For You, both of which top Billboard's Hot 100 singles chart. With a blockbuster debut record, two number one singles, and a recent performance on Saturday Night Live, Miss Rodrigo has successfully leveraged her fame from High School Musical, the musical, the series, into pop stardom. End quote. Ooh. That was a lot, but, like, I feel like that was a pretty good summary of where she stands in terms of the music industry. Yeah, and her power already at such a young age and with her debut album. To me, I feel like I would be like, this is the best debut any artist has ever had, but I feel like they would have said that if that was the case. But it certainly sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely up there i'm excited to see how sour will fare award season i know i've actually been thinking that a lot like surely she's going to be considered for best new artist i mean how could she not after this year this album sour could be nominated for album of the year yeah along with evermore oh my god and like her being such a big swifty could you imagine if she ended up winning just like the honor i can totally see driver's license winning song of the year i mean the records it broke alone Mm -hmm. i read somewhere that like the only other songs that like rival driver's license in terms of daily streams 
our holiday songs during the holiday season. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot to be considered into that also would be TikTok and the role TikTok played in that. Uh, yes, true. I am familiar with TikTok. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this whole episode should be like labeled Cressy and Allie, we're Gen Z. Yeah, how do you do, fellow kids? I mean, honestly. And also, um, some more about Sour, the album. Very similar to early Taylor, the majority of Sour is love songs that pertain directly to Olivia's romantic experiences, which makes sense since Olivia has openly claimed Taylor Swift as a huge musical inspiration for her. And I think it's interesting and symbolic of the path that, you know, Taylor has trailblazed that no one's really like, oh, Olivia only sings about her exes, you know, like Taylor walked so Olivia could run. I mean, Taylor is still very successful too. That sounds yeah. bad. But you know what I mean? Like I like that everyone's very openly accepting, but also that is kind of what Taylor experienced at first too. Yeah. And we're going to touch on this later when we talk about uh, Taylor and Olivia more and kind of go through their timeline. But um, I it is really... Um, heartening I think is the right word to see the way people are talking about Olivia and that Mm -hmm. it's cool to Mm -hmm. listen to Sour and to like her music and she's it's like the cool thing yeah because it was not cool to like Taylor Swift yeah like it was not cool for like women to have feelings that were their own and not if you think of like the really big um like hit songs before Taylor by women Mm -hmm. it was written by like teams of writers and they weren't autobiographical like in the same way mm-hmm. Taylor's are so specifically autobiographical mm-hmm. and it to the cool kids <laughs> you know that wasn't cool yeah it wasn't cool for women to have feelings and to express emotion mm-hmm. and to um display anything other than you know happiness and gratefulness and yeah properness and primness and all of that yeah no, I definitely agree. From their own point of view. So it's it's really nice to see how the conversation surrounding Olivia and how autobiographical some of her content seems is it's just spoken about very maturely. Yeah. No, I, and it is given a level of respect that I feel like we haven't really seen before. Yeah. And I I will always complain, you know, about... <laughs> Men and being woman and how annoying it is to walk yeah. around with a knife on my keychain and pepper spray on my keychain and um, another safety defense, like all of these things. Mm-hmm. But like it's this to me shows like society has progressed a bit. Yeah. Since we were teenagers. For sure. I would definitely agree. Um, I even saw when I was reading articles so many, I'm so tired of saying this, but High School Musical, the musical, the series, when I was reading <laughs> um, articles about it, it was even talking about, um, I mean, this goes beyond just Taylor and Olivia's music, but how the series has evolved even High School Musical. Because like in the series that Olivia's in, they talk about how what Troy did or whatever, however he treated Gabriella, how it was like unacceptable. And they're like, that kind of shows, you know, the shift in expectations for men and women from when, you know, when we were in the 2000s to now. But a lot of things are changing. It's just nice 
to see and to know that I mean, I'm sure she's getting some criticism and being attacked in very small ways that maybe we don't see. But it's nice to see that, you know, like people don't have to justify liking her. Like I, yeah. I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, like no matter how old you are, you don't need to justify liking her. Mm-hmm. But why don't we get into specifically Taylor Swift? This is a Taylor mm-hmm. Swift podcast. After yes, all. we should. Let's get into their friendship timeline. Yes. Or really... Um, I should say Olivia being a fan timeline. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, she literally grew up with Taylor. Like, she was born in 2003. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of at the age that you start to remember things when Taylor was making her debut. Mm-hmm. So she really was raised by Taylor Swift. Exactly. And Olivia has totally proven herself to be a Taylor fan. Like, she was definitely not using her for clout, mm-hmm. not using her name. I truly think she is a major fan. So let's start with April of 2020. Okay. Olivia made... It's so weird to say, Olivia. (laughs) It's so hard for me. You could say Miss Rodrigo like the Wall Street Journal did. (laughs) I'm going to be strong. So Olivia made a cover of Cruel Summer and Taylor reposted it. And this is where it all begins. (laughs) Olivia then tweeted a screenshot of this saying, quote, in all caps, by the way. <laughs> I am going to frame this screenshot and hang it above my firstborn's crib. End quote. <laughs> One of us. One of us. Yeah. I, she's listened to us. Hey, Olivia. <laughs> yeah. Like, hanging above my firstborn's crib. Yeah. That is something a crazy Swiffer like ourselves would say. Yes, absolutely. Like, I literally have Taylor autographs over my bed right now. (laughs) If I met Taylor, it would be the best day of my life. So, continuing, jumping forward to January 2021. I also want to pause briefly that there is a lot of Olivia and Taylor content. Like, a lot. Yeah. And I'm not going to go through, like, she wore socks with Taylor's face on it or the time she wore a shirt. It's like, I can't, this podcast episode would be like four hours long (laughs) if I went through every single little thing that Olivia has done in relationship to Taylor Swift. But I will say I got a lot of content for this little section by going on the at T Swift N Z. That's Taylor Swift news on Twitter. That is at (laughs) T-Swift N-Z, and just searching the word Olivia. Yeah. There's like hundreds of tweets. And they tweet every time something happens in relation to Taylor. So anytime uh, like a caption is mentioned in an Instagram or she posts on Valentine's Day that she's listening to um, Today Was a Fairy Tale. Like every little thing that Olivia has done in relationship to Taylor is on there. And I have a link to that specific search term. And our show notes that will be on our <laughs> website. So if you do want to see every little thing, you can. Yeah. I've got I've got the links for you. I've got the receipts. I've got, got the for proof. You. But we're going to go through the big stuff. Okay. Sounds good. Or the interesting stuff. We're going to go through the fun stuff. Okay. So in January of 2021, Olivia posted an Instagram of driver's license charting at number three. Under Taylor's, it's time to go and write where you left me. And she captioned it next to Taylor on the U.S. iTunes chart. I'm in a puddle of tears, crying emojis. And Taylor commented on it saying, quote, I say that's my baby and I'm proud, end quote. (laughs) 
And then Olivia. Can you imagine being Olivia? Olivia says, I'm going to change my name legally to Taylor Swift's baby. (laughs) And this is so sweet because Taylor is quoting her mom. She's quoting Andrea here. Oh, really? Yeah, this is something Andrea has said about Taylor's career. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I say that's my baby and I'm proud. Yeah. So this is like a really special moment. So Taylor is quoting her mom. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Olivia out here living everyone's dream. Yeah. It's hard to see people living your dreams, isn't it? I know. It's like, I could literally cry right now, but (laughs) I'm happy for Olivia. You go, girl. It's tough. So February 2021, on Olivia's YouTube channel, she posted a video called Top 18 Songs for My 18th Birthday, where she shared three of Taylor's songs. I think they're numbered very specifically. Number one. Pictured a bird. So Hell top of the yeah. list is Taylor Swift. Hell uh, yeah. 13, Out of the Woods. I like that it's 13. And 18, Betty. So it's first and last are Taylor songs, and then number 13 is Taylor. I think that's so specific. Yeah, she that. did that on purpose. I love it. And the same month, she had an interview with Kiss 92.5. She said, okay, this is where it's like, Okay, she's one of us. (laughs) She said she and her best friend have always wanted to get a small 13 tattooed on their hands. Aww. Like, as Taylor fans. They should do that. They should. Uh, It's so cute. And on Ash London Live, Olivia said, quote, I'm actually scared to meet her. She seems like the kindest person in the whole world. I literally think that I might just evaporate. I look up to her so much. I'm just going to die on the spot. Like, hey, Taylor, I will be passing away now, end quote. (laughs) Yeah, I have this thought a lot about, like, if I met Taylor, like, how I would act. And honestly, I have no fucking clue. I think I would revert back to, like, my 11-year-old awkward self where I never felt like I knew what to say. You know, like, when you second yeah. guess every single thing, like every single word that comes out of your mouth, I feel like I would just, I would lose my native language, plain and simple. I'm confident I would be so nervous that I would black out and then I wouldn't remember the encounter. <laughs> yeah. You know, like whenever you're like really scared and you just like black out. Yeah. I think that's what would happen. Oh my God. If, okay. <laughs> I would need someone to be recording it. Actually, that's a really good idea for a podcast. We should get people who've met her and like to tell us how they reacted they're not gonna remember they're not gonna remember like i would love (laughs) to know like specific experiences you know yeah like how they thought they were going to react versus how they actually reacted i feel like i would have to like write notes down on my hand like questions to ask oh gosh yeah and be like don't cry don't cry don't cry and taylor surprises people sometimes like, you know, like, when you're, like, like there's one case where you could be, like, walking up to the meet and greet where you can, like, mentally try to prepare. But then there's instances where she just fucking opens a door on someone and then it's just fucking there. It could happen. It could never, happen. <laughs> never give up on your dreams. Keep chasing them, girl. Do you think you'd be more likely to black out in a meet and greet instance or if she surprised you out of nowhere? Oh, if I was surprised, I would black out. But if it was a meet and greet, I would have, like, the rest of the concert to prepare. See, I feel like I'm the opposite. I think I'd be more likely to black out on a meet and greet because I'd have my anxiety build up the whole time I was in line. Oh. Like, I think if I was surprised, I'd be caught off, like, caught so off guard that maybe I wouldn't. 
Oh, interesting. Well, hopefully we'll be together for any of these times <laughs> so we can balance each other out. One of us will remember, right? Yeah, one of us will remember. <laughs> on the so let's jump ahead to March 2021. This is the month that Taylor sends Olivia a ring that Taylor wore while oh. she was writing her Red album. Taylor also sent Olivia a 10-page letter, which she apparently mentioned Olivia's favorite song from Evermore is Long Story Short. So that's an interesting fact. Yeah. And Olivia told Sirius XM, quote, I don't want to divulge too much because it's really sweet and personal, but she talks a lot about how I think we make our own luck. And I think when you're kind to people and do what's right, it always comes back to you in the best ways, end quote. And I think that's just something we should all remember you know just be a good person and I think that's something so true too you know like Taylor really has been that like golden light I feel like in terms of celebrity culture where like she's really always been good and kind and nice and respectful you know like and look at where she is yeah and that is like on theme with Olivia's favorite song long story short it's like Yeah. yeah you had a bad time but now things are good. Yeah. No, I so love So just that. be a good person and good things will come. So I love this. Uh, also this same month, Olivia has an interview with the Capitol Radio Show where she talks about how excited she is for Fearless, Taylor's version. Same. Well, I mean, I was. She says, quote, I am literally going to have a listening party with all my friends. It's going to be incredible. I just think that she's such a great artist and it's actually such a blessing in disguise that she, you know, unfortunately cannot get her masters back and has to re-record them. It's such a silver lining that we get all these other amazing songs. So I'm excited. She also said, quote, Taylor's been really lovely and so welcoming of me. I feel really lucky to be in an industry at such a young age where I get to walk through so many of the doors that she opened. I'm really, really lucky to have her as a mentor, end quote. Beautiful. This is all so beautiful and touching. I just, it's so wholesome and I, and I love it. Most of the time I'm jealous about people meeting Taylor, but I'm really happy for Olivia. Yeah, I think Olivia deserves it and like Yeah. Especially because she's been such a diehard Taylor fan. If I was as talented as Olivia Rodrigo and mm. I was such a diehard fan, I'd hope that Taylor would take me under her wing. You know? Yeah. She's paying forward and I love it. Me too. In April of twenty twenty one. This is just a fun fact that I said I would not mention any of these little things, but I just really liked this little thing, so I'm going to mention it. Do it. On the first day of the month, Olivia shared a photo of her holding a smoothie and wearing a shirt that has Taylor Swift hugging Lord on it. And she captioned it, two things I made today, this smoothie and this shirt. Love it. We love a DIY queen. And I feel like, in a way, Taylor Swift... Hugging Lord is how I view Olivia Rodrigo's music. Maybe with a little Avril Lavigne sprinkled in. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. And something interesting that also happened this month of this year, April. We can definitely notice that Olivia gets constantly asked about her being the next Taylor Swift. Yeah. And we can get into our own personal feelings on that, um, in the next section of this episode. Mm -hmm. But I really like the way she responds to this question. Mm -hmm. And in an interview with Hits Radio UK, when 
asked something along these lines. Olivia said, quote, I am absolutely not the new Taylor Swift because there will never be another Taylor Swift, nor has there ever been anyone as good as Taylor Swift. She's the greatest of all time, end quote. Yes! Oh my god. I love her. Which is so true. I've seen, while researching this episode, I saw a few articles that kind of touched on this, like, stop, like, comparing women in a way that it's, like, one out, one in. Yeah. You know, like, there is no replacement. There's enough space for multiple women. Yeah. There's no reason to crown someone as the next anyone. Mm-hmm. We can all, they can all exist, you know? Together. Yeah, I'm sure the reporters don't mean this in a, a misogynistic way, but it, mm-hmm. it kind of is. It's saying, like, Taylor's getting older. Yeah. Now we have this young person to be the new Taylor. That's yeah. just not how it is. They can they can coexist. They can chart at the same time. They can yeah. both be nominated for the same awards. It's fine. Yeah. No, it certainly is misogynistic. And then also from um, another point of view, if... <laughs> I was Olivia Rodrigo, and I was asked that. I'd be like, uh, heck no, I want Taylor to continue forever. I want her to constantly be giving us new music. Like, yeah, it would also like, be, like, out of fear. You know, I'd be like... Yeah, like, don't bait me into screwing up my potential friendship. <laughs> yeah, well, friendship and also just, like, don't make Taylor Swift feel like she's, you know, passe. Or, like, make her feel like you know, that she can't continue to make music as I'm making music, you know, like, I don't know. Like Bob Dylan is still making albums. He still has new stuff coming out. Paul McCartney. He's 80. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. He's like, what? He's in the seventies. Like she's got a long career ahead. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Also the same month, big things are happening because Fearless Taylor's version is about to come out. And this is when Taylor gets Olivia and Conan Gray to make the promo video where they acted out the lyrics to White Horse. That was fun. That was excellent promo. I loved that. And Taylor shared the video that they made on Twitter and called Olivia and Conan her kids, which is just adorable. (laughs) It is. And the video was super cute too. The same month is something we mentioned earlier when Olivia played that game by Elle Magazine, the Mm -hmm. Song Association game. Um, and she named a Taylor song five times, uh, the story of us all too well, begin again, picture to burn. And I think he knows she says in the video, quote, I told you it's all going to be about Taylor Swift. I feel bad. I want to branch out, but I just have her lyrics tattooed in my head. I love that. If I, when I watched the video, she even said like when she sang begin again, she was like. The last song on Red. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So jumping ahead to May 2021, Olivia and Taylor finally met in person at the 2021 Brit Awards on May 17th. And they posted a really cute Instagram about it. Like Olivia's like sticking out our tongue and it's just cute. I love it. And um, Olivia gave people letters that night too yeah did you see that i know she gave a letter to harry styles i think she gave one to dua lipa too obviously one to taylor she gave all these stars like these very sweet handwritten notes because it was her first time meeting all of them because of the pandemic you know this is kind of the first time that they're all together in the same room and i just think that's so cute and wholesome yeah let's bring back letter writing guys 
Let's write some letters. So I guess, like, it was probably, like, thank you for supporting me. Like, maybe she had gotten messages from all these people. From what I saw on Stan Twitter, it was more like, I've been, like, such a big fan of yours, and it's such an honor to, like, be here with you tonight. That's so sweet. Like, her, like, kind of fangirling a little bit. Yeah. And giving her idols these very sweet handwritten notes. That's, like, awesome. Because, like, how could you ever, like, say to everyone in that room exactly, like, what their music meant to you, you know? She got to write it out beforehand and then hand it over. Super smart. Yeah. So it's just really precious. Olivia also said in an interview this month with NME Magazine, quote, I've always looked up to Taylor since I was literally five years old. Obviously, I think she's the best songwriter of all time, but she's so business savvy and she really cares about her career in that regard too. That's been really inspiring for me to watch someone take control of their career and life like that, end quote. And when asked if Olivia could be on one of the re-recorded Taylor albums that are coming up, what song would it be? Olivia responds, quote, my favorite Taylor Swift album is Speak Now. I would love to be on a Speak Now song. I'm just so excited to listen to them, though. I love listening to the Volt recordings and stuff like that. I'm going to own my masters, but I'll listen to songs I'm not putting out and be like, maybe I'll do a Vault thing when I'm Taylor Swift's age, end quote. Which is so nice. It's like genuinely, Taylor is genuinely inspiring a new generation of artists to take control and have autonomy of their own work. And you love to see it. She's going to own her own masters. I was actually like wondering that earlier, but I never even really knew if that was a thing or not. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's inspired by Taylor, which is awesome. What song would you love to see her on and speak now? So speak now. I think possibly might be Taylor's only album without like features, right? Yeah. Because it is her entirely self-written album. Yeah. So I'm not even sure like how another voice would fit. You know what I think it could be? Because we've talked about this. Maybe this is how she can reclaim better than revenge. Oh, that's smart. I love that. Yeah, like, maybe she puts Olivia on there and, like, maybe the Better Than Revenge are them owning all of their own masters or, I don't know, like, some yeah, kind of positive I thing. I love that. Or even because it just fits into the sour feel so well, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, fire. <laughs> yeah, and Olivia has even posted, like, singing that song. I don't know. I feel like that would be a good moment. Okay, G-Faw is calling it now. G-Faw is calling it now. Better Than Revenge. Oh, I would love that. I feel like it just fits so well. Yeah. So uh, Olivia also thanked Taylor and Jack Antonoff in her Sour album booklet, which is so sweet, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned. You, you're about to say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she says, quote, thank you to Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff for graciously letting me use their masterpiece. New Year's Day. The songs they've crafted together are some of my favorite songs of all time. End quote. So, obviously, she's talking about one step forward, three steps back, which samples New Year's Day. Yes. When talking about this song on the Zach Singh show, Olivia says, quote, I came up with the one step forward concept and I sort of wrote a verse and a chorus. I was in the car on a road trip and when I got home, I decided to sing it over the chords of New Year's Day. 
I think they're really beautiful chords. I was lucky enough to get that approved and it's on the record now, end quote. So something interesting about this is that uh, Olivia actually played this part on the piano herself. Mm-hmm. So she's not sampling the um, Scooter Braun owned. Yeah. Um, New Year's Day that is featured on the Reputation album. So this is like all directly like Taylor and Jack Antonoff. I love that. Because since they own those rights to let other people record and sample their songs. Yeah. Also, shout out to Olivia for doing that and playing it on the piano herself. She's amazing. Love to see it. I love to see it. I also love that one step forward, three steps back is 13. Well, I'm glad you said that because it's wrong. What? I mean, it is it is 13, but it that's not... Olivia didn't do that for Taylor. Oh. She actually said in the same interview that I mentioned that the term one step forward, three steps back has been in her head for a while. Saying, quote, Somebody texted it to me once, and I was like, ooh, that's really interesting. I've never heard somebody say something like that. I thought it would be a cool way to describe this toxic, sort of manipulative relationship, end quote. So she didn't do that because of Taylor, Mm. but it is a fun coincidence. I mean, it certainly adds a little spice, you know, like to the, you know, Taylor shout out, I would definitely say. But yeah, I mean, her playing the piano, I just, she's just so smart. She's just such a Swifty. She knows every single thing. She owns her own masters. She played her own piano instead of sampling the uh, Scooter Braun, whatever, owned version. (laughs) And I just, you know, there's so many call outs here that like, you can tell that Olivia Rodrigo is not just a fan. She Swifts hard. Yes, she is one of us. She might be listening right now. And Olivia, we're going to talk about your career in comparison to Taylor's now, which is something I know you don't love, but we're going to talk about it positively. Mm -hmm. So, Allie, how do you feel? We kind of touched on this a few minutes ago, but, like, how do you feel when people compare Taylor and Olivia together, like, their careers? I, okay, so one thing that I feel is because we've obviously, even in this own episode, mentioned how Olivia writes about her own personal romantic experiences and you know and that's why it's so similar to Taylor and similar in other ways as well one thing that has come across my mind is it's interesting that we've pinpointed Olivia so hard in comparison to Taylor Swift when Mm -hmm. there are people like Lord or Casey Musgraves or you know I mean we could even compare Ariana Grande or Camila Cabello you know I mean, I think it's different because Olivia Rodrigo is a songwriter herself. Mm -hmm. But even, like, what about, like, Gracie Abrams or, like, you know, other people like that? There are other people out there doing things that are most likely influenced by Taylor. I guess maybe Olivia is being compared so heavily because of her age, perhaps? I, I kind of think it might be due to their relatability. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people related to Taylor back in the day, and a lot of people are relating to Olivia in a very different way than people relate to maybe Lord. It's very, like, girl next door-ish. Yeah, it's it's honestly, and I don't mean this in a negative connotation, it's mainstream, you know? Yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift was very mainstream, you know, as she, she made country music mainstream when she was yeah. a debut artist. Olivia Rodrigo is mainstream 
just in the sense that her, you know, music has resonated. If her album came out when I was in high school, this album would have absolutely wrecked me. Like, emotionally. I mean, it is now, too, but, like, if this album came out when I was going through the things that I was at that age, I would have been Mm -hmm. so emotionally wrecked. I want to know, I want to hear from, like, the 18-year-olds of the world or the 17-year-olds or the Mm -hmm. 16-year-olds I want to know how you're doing <laughs> like following <laughs> this album. What is your favorite song on Sour? I've said that Brutal, um, that I really like Brutal. I listened to that one over and over again. But honestly, I have to say, like, my favorite, because sometimes I can't listen to my favorite song over and over again. Like, all yeah. too well, you know, it just sometimes you don't want to get in your feels like that. Mm-hmm. My favorite song on the album is Enough For You. I literally cried. Mm. I was moved to tears Aww. the first time I heard that. I just think it was really powerful. What about you? What is your favorite song on the album? I love Jealousy, Jealousy. I do like that one too. I think that one's my favorite and then Brutal. Brutal. Because they're both very like, God, I hate the patriarchy. Ah. Yeah. And that's just like the headspace I'm in these days. Yeah. So I love it. I have a question for you about a song that I feel like a lot of people have listed as their least favorite. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Hope You're Okay? Um, so that is a song that I only listen to when I'm listening to the whole album. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. I think it's cute. I think it's precious. And I don't mean that in a patronizing way. Yeah. I think of it um, kind of similar to Seven by Taylor. Yeah. It does, to me, like, I don't know if there's many other songs that encompass that feeling that you so often feel when you're, like, in that kind of rite of passage moment of leaving high school or whatever situation you are in when you're 18. I think that song's grown on me, is why I ask. Because when I first heard it, I was like, it doesn't totally fit with the rest of the theme of the album. You know, it doesn't have that angry feeling, but that's probably why she ended it that way. Kind of ending on a positive note. I feel like it was... Probably one of, like, the more emotional songs for her to write, too. Yeah. She said, actually, in one of her YouTube videos that one of her favorite lyrics from Sour, this was actually from the Seventeen magazine, Seventeen Questions, whatever, for Mm -hmm. Olivia Rodrigo. They asked her her favorite lyric, and she said that one of her favorite lyrics from Sour is, he took his bad deal and made it a royal flush. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Olivia, you know thinks highly of the song and I, I it's grown on me is why I asked I it wasn't like my fa- I would probably would have listed it last upon my initial listen mm-hmm. but I think it's really truly grown on me and I think even though it doesn't have like the explicit anger as the other songs I feel like it has a slow anger to it being a child and knowing that your friends have abusive parents or homophobic parents mm-hmm that's not like something that reaches a boiling point. That's just, just something you're going to be slightly angry about for the rest of your life. Yeah. From like your childhood, like yeah. till you die, you're just going to be upset that your friend had to grow up like that. And it's turning that anger almost into a kindness. Like it's like reaching out, like I'm angry too about everything I mm-hmm. said in this album, but here I am thinking about you and you know, I hope you're mm-hmm. okay. Like we're going to be okay. Yeah. Like I'm not going to forget yeah. Which I think is beautiful. I like it. How would you compare the way that Olivia's album's being received 
to Taylor's TS album and how that was received. Since I was in elementary school, <laughs> I definitely don't remember the charts or what the news was saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm positive that like elementary schoolers are also eating this up. Yeah. You know, oh, I, absolutely. And if the elementary schoolers are listening to it, then it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, elementary schoolers are really tapped into the industry for sure. Because they only listen to what's popular. Yeah. Because they don't really have much control over what they listen to because they're so little. That's true. So I feel like in the same vein that debut was huge for my age range in elementary school. Yeah. It probably is the same Yeah, for Sour, which is big in terms of like longevity. Yeah. If you think about it, like having a wide age range of fans kind of ensures steady growth and steady success. Because like I'm thinking about like, I think I was in the fifth grade when I got my first iPod. Mm-hmm. But Taylor came out when I was in the fourth grade. So even though it was like a year later, like yeah. I bought all of those songs. Yeah. So like when these kids get older and they get iTunes gift cards and stuff or they can get a Spotify membership or whatever gifts adults give their kids for Christmas these days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever the equivalent of an iPod touch is that it was for us. Yeah. When they get it, they're going to they're gonna pick it. They're going to listen to it. They're going to buy it. They're going to do whatever. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you bring that up. And I think something that we also need to consider is, you know, I I think that there is a high likelihood that Sour will be Grammy nominated. I'm not tapped into the industry, but I think that there is a very high likelihood that it will. The TS album was not Grammy nominated. It was popular, Mm -hmm. but it was not Grammy nominated. I think the difference here and something that we need to consider is where Olivia's at in her career when she released her debut album as to where Taylor was at in her career Mm -hmm. when she released her debut album. Not only being in the country industry versus the pop industry at that point, but also, Mm -hmm. like, Taylor Swift was a nobody when she released the TS album. And so was her label. Yeah. Her label was nothing. Her label was nothing. She was nothing. She had mild success, like, small followings based on, like, what she was performing at that time and songs she had written. But essentially came from nowhere. Olivia, on the other hand, took the Disney route. You know, like, Mm -hmm. she was in Disney. She's been in several shows at this point. She was an actress. Now she's already has a mild fan base. I'm sure there's probably a good amount of Bizarre Vark fans out there, you know, like, and things like that, or High School Musical, the musical, the series. I hope that's the last time I say that tonight. (laughs) Um, You know, like, fans out there that would be interested to hear her. For me, it was kind of a um, weird revelation, because I, you know, little pandemic me snuggling up to watch, I'm not going to say it, but that show based off of (laughs) High School Musical, to me, like, when Driver's License was released and suddenly everyone was freaking out about Olivia Rodrigo, I was like, oh, Gabriella? Like, from that, you know, like, you know, show that I thought no one really watches that much? You know, I just, it was interesting to, like, see how her career has developed in this way. Yeah, it is definitely important to note that if we're comparing them, like, at age, mm-hmm. they were at very different places, Yeah. You know? And Olivia kind of, she has a very um, well-versed team Mm -hmm. 
to help her along the way. Not that Taylor didn't, of course, but mm-hmm. it's it's still just different. And also, Olivia has streaming. She yeah. doesn't have to worry about getting her songs on the radio like mm-hmm. um, Big Machine did. And TikTok. There's no TikTok to add to those streams. Yeah. So it is a lot different. And the barrier to entry this industry has changed. But I, I don't think that diminishes Olivia's success. So that's no. not what I mean at all. Yeah. I just think it's, it's important to realize that Olivia's not following a blueprint. Mm-hmm. What I'm most interested in when we're, like, observing these things and observing these differences, is this the birth of a musical icon? You know, like, is Olivia Rodrigo gonna become an icon? That's what I'm most interested to find out. Mm-hmm. To the level or in some way a similar level to Taylor Swift. That's what's gonna be interesting to see play out over the next I think she will. I think she will have that longevity that Taylor has. Just again with how young her fans are. Yeah. And the the wide range and having this team and Disney and like she could go on to film Mm -hmm. when her Disney contract expires. She could. There are so many different things she could do to even further her career. And now, like today, it's at a point that like most artists won't get to. Yeah. Like, most artists will not get half of the success that she's at right now at 18. Yeah. Which is crazy. She's broken records of people way older than her with longer yeah. careers than her. Yeah, she's broken some of Taylor's records. It will be interesting to see play out, for sure. Yeah. But I don't want to be the cynic. I just, I hope people don't get tired of her the way that people got tired of Taylor. Yeah, we certainly don't want to see her go through the pain that Taylor had to go through. Yeah. And maybe she won't because things are different now. Things are better. And I'm optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm optimistic at the fact that it's very nice that now Taylor and Olivia have each other in the industry. It's not mm-hmm. just one person for everyone to focus on and, like, point that evil internet hatred that, you know, mm-hmm. so many, I mean, not just Taylor, you know, Taylor's not the only person that's ever had to face that. But, like, it's nice that Taylor and Olivia are now... You know, Taylor's paved the way, but now Olivia continues to pave the way and, you know, kind of form a type of alliance, you know, like, yeah, this music is okay. You don't need to hate women for making music about their romantic relationships, you know, I'm optimistic. Me as well. And with that said, I think I think we have exhausted the topic of Taylor and Olivia. Yeah, I think this was a great episode, though. Like, we, there was so much content to talk about. And, like, yeah, I hope that everyone listening agrees and <laughs> enjoyed the episode. <laughs> um, Cressy and I are happy that, for once, we're able to go back to a deep dive <laughs> and not just album talk. For, yeah. <laughs> for I mean, not that. We're very much looking forward to the new albums, but it's nice to get back to our little bit of our old groove yeah our roots this is what our podcast is for so this has been fun yeah we hope you enjoyed if you liked this episode and you like us you should support us how can they do that ellie they can rate us five stars on apple Podcasts and leave us a nice little review they can also follow us at gfa weekend on twitter instagram facebook 
not TikTok. TikTok is at good for a weekend podcast fully spelled out and there may or may not be a video when you arrive we're working on it we're working on it all of the sources to this episode as well as links to all the social medias that we just listed can be found in our show notes Um, as always we have an extensive list of sources for every single episode on our website gfaweekend.com so if you want to learn more or watch any of the youtube videos we mentioned today that olivia made about herself or any of the interviews or whatever your heart desires we've got those so you can hit up gfaweekend.com and check out those links and with that said i think that wraps up our episode gfa out bye Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc hey everybody it's barry from the what podcast hey it's russ hey it's brian and we are giving away two tickets to bonnaroo 2024 these are ga plus and they include camping russ how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.